have no idea which way I'm going to start this, but welcome to the Pond Theater with Chase, Cody, and Justin is back. I was just outside trying to take care of, well, actually taking my dog out to do the business and all that. Because just earlier, right before I was recording, she went into the fireplace and tried to snatch up some coal to chew on. So I, I had to, I had to guess this. Let go of the coal, let go of the coal, let go of the coal. I had to shake it up and uh, promise, like, I had to use these famous words, and I'm not going to say because she's right over there, but uh, that gets her attention, so she'll drop the coal. So I had to barricade the fireplace with bit pillows and then let her out. And I like the whole time she was out in the grass, she kept looking back at me at the window, knowing that I'm watching her and making sure she's actually doing her business uh, he's like daddy's gonna kick my butt if i don't um, pee somewhere so i'm gonna do that you know things you have to learn or puppy business cat business when they're little kids that's the whole thing you gotta be a parent you gotta be a dad to somebody but this is about speaking of troublemakers well we got the bad batch which is the latest star wars series or let's part of the Star Wars universe by Dave Filoni and uh, uh, what's that guy's name uh, from John Favreau and this being about a group of soldiers who don't follow orders and everything well I'll talk about that Monster which is actually renamed of a indie film about a little uh, trial going on well not a, little, not a little trial going on but a sort of a drama Again, going on that uh, black struggle. Does this prevail and send a message or is this fetishizing on it and remind me why I feel like we need to maybe not completely get rid of this movies, but kind of settle down, like kind of do a balance where we show diverse leads in more uplifting and empowering roles than just seeing them getting their butts kicked or killed or arrested and all that. Because there was a lot of that. There was a lot of shows, a lot of movies, all about that. Nothing but that. And I'm going to throw in a bonus one because I looked yes, or I looked up yesterday to check the stats. And the most watched recording is, again, the bad movies. Actually, <laughs> the, the top viewed episode of everything I've recorded is my review of the Barney the Dinosaur movie. What I did with that is the most listened out of everything. So I was like, "Yeah, I can't." People want to listen to this, and I, I enjoy talking about bad movies when there's some entertainment value to it. So I turned to my best friends at the asylum, and they actually did release a new film out. Uh, you know, there was uh, uh, it was Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Was it Kong versus Godzilla? The big monster movie that came out last no not last month but at the end of march so they're like that's funny we actually have our monster versus monster movie too it's called eight versus monster and i i saw that today it's free on youtube and i i saw all of it so i will be giving my thoughts on it. that is what we got on the show because yeah i think guy ritchie's got a movie out but no one's watching that so i don't really think that matters 
Well, it's only in theaters. It's only yeah, in theaters. Like Jason it's getting, Statham. Like, yeah, Jason Statham. Well, I heard that the movie, like, like there was this embargo, and, and this kind of happens often for movies that end up not getting the best reception. But this happened with. Uh, it's not always the case, but like with Tom and Jerry, I heard that people weren't able allowed to review the Tom and Jerry movie until just a couple hours after or before it was released to streaming. Same with Mortal Kombat. And also this movie. Like the the press, they did not get screeners for this film. They're like, no, you gotta see this in the theater. It's gotta pay your own time for it. And last time I checked, that that did not get a good Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm not saying like, oh, oh Rotten Tomatoes, I, I agree with everything they're saying. I'm just saying that, you know, bad Rotten Tomatoes score directed by Guy Ritchie, who has not had the best track record, in my opinion. I'm not going out to see that thing. You don't like uh, Man from Uncle or the Sherlock Holmes movies? You know, I gentlemen found them. The gentleman, I you know, looking back at that, I don't think that movie has aged at all. And I and a lot of that has to do with the racist depictions of Asians. But also, I think Guy Ritchie just has this sort of cartoony tone that I think can kind of get uh, a little bit obnoxious. Like that's why I, that King Arthur movie he did, I I did not like that at all. I couldn't finish that one. How I felt about the gentleman was like a 40-year-old guy trying to show off his cool skateboard moves yeah. he used to could do when he was 20. Because I felt like he was trying to do like go back to his snatch and lockstock days, but it wasn't quite as good. And maybe because those kinds of movies don't... I don't know. Maybe it's a different time now, so that doesn't quite work like it did in the late 90s. Really? I think his best movie in recent years has been that Latin remake. And partially is that Guy Ritchie is, does not have... When you give Guy Ritchie full control, he loses his mind in a way that's... that in times could be entertaining, but they... He, he loves the style so much that can get repetitive to a, a key and uh yeah i don't i don't know i just with in the fact that this was pushed too so much instead of him dropping this to vod i don't have the best faith in it so i i mean maybe it might be good i don't know but it, i just looked at that as like yeah I, i'm not gonna i know i'm double vaccinated now I'm not going out to the theaters for that. <laughs> no. So this is what we got. And uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, there are some local film festivals. There's the Pegasus Film Festival. I think they delayed it, but I'll know for sure like when that uh, happens. And then uh, there's like another film festival coming up in June. So there'll be things to cover when they arrive but i i did just interview the showrunners for the pegasus film festival and that was just really awesome talking to the future of film the, the people who i mean young aspiring filmmakers who are doing a great job running a festival and 
learn from it going off to be in other places like at, uh, I think it was Davian she uh, is actually going to California for college so she yes yeah so where's she going yeah uh, man I forgot which one I I did that interview I'm interviewing quite a few people like I have four or five interviews next week uh, and some of them are TikTok influencers. Like I got uh, Awasana, uh, who's, and I'm just really excited to talk to her. She's like this uh, beauty model who all, always uses her video content to talk about very deep, like uh, social s things. And also ha very smart, like having worked for Microsoft, like she can actually track down racist trolls. Which I think that was very impressive, but uh, yeah, some other people too. What I do want to say before starting is that just to keep a uh, little sort of, I don't know what you want to say, tip or whatever you want to call it. I got so much, I got a few messages from this company called Shave My Balls. <laughs> I like the whole stop in that. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I got on Instagram. There is this company. There's there company that messaged me say, "Hi, we really like your content. I think you'll be a great sponsor for ShaveMyBalls.com, where you can get twenty uh, percent off on uh, shaver shavers or things to cut off your pubic hair." And I, I just like looked at that like I don't think you listen to my podcast but uh, okay <laughs> and conveniently it was right after the gaming tadpole which by the way one of that those co-hosts is a female so I I don't know what try message you're getting to me but uh, you know if there's sponsors I don't really feel interested in I, I would just move on I would be like oh no thank you move on but what got me about this one is that I kept coming back under different accounts. And I looked at those accounts and those accounts were empty. They weren't following anybody. So I just putting that warning out for those who might get tricked, especially men who, you know, they run shows or they got to shave their ball. I don't know what this will relate, but yeah, just if you're looking for sponsorship, keep a warning for those types of interactions because that could lead to a trap. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, <laughs> yeah, that sponsorship. Nothing <laughs> wrong with a smooth undercarriage. I, I guess, yeah, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm just looking at that like, okay, what, I mean, I, I get those ads a lot. Even on SoundCloud, somebody will be like, wow, this is great music. Hey, if you sign up for this subscription service, you'll get uh, more views uh, uh, listens on your uh, song. And I was like, I, I didn't post any song. Like the only thing relatable to music was the live performance of the Winniyama. And even that there was still a bit of commentary. Okay. So, and that's the same with job. If you are looking for a job, there's, there's those fishing, uh, fishing uh, job. I, I got so many interactions uh or at least big jobs trying to get me to apply or 
join a call or a Zoom call to reveal my social security number. So, I mean, that's just when you put yourself out there, that, those are things to watch out for. You got to do your research mm -hmm. on who is interested in working with you before you say, yeah, I'll do it. But that was that was just so weird. The second account was a female too, but I, I can I'll bet you that person running that Instagram account is not a female. They just found some random picture of it on the internet and post on there. Because I go to their Instagram accounts and there's nothing, no reels, videos, pictures, anything. <laughs> Star Wars, which is the biggest thing of this uh, week. Well. Actually, the biggest thing of this week was the Marvel phase because they did the whole uh, scissor reel of what are the the upcoming Marvel films and things to look forward to. Uh, and the Eternals had a teaser trailer. Yeah, they had a tease. They had like a first look. Uh, and I, I was surprised because I thought that Eternals is going to be delayed to 2022, but no, it's coming out in November of this year. So they're going for four marvel movies a year on top of these shows that's I, that's a, a interesting chat although my whole guess as to why that is is because of the pandemic i mean if you think about it, black i think black widow is supposed to release in the fall of 2019 and it just kept no it's, it was originally may of 2020 there was only going to be two marvel movies last year yeah, so I feel like that's why they're kind of crunching four together just to keep up with what I mean, because actors age, so you know you can't wait forever to get. It would feel weird if they just wait for the pandemic to over and then suddenly Peter Parker somehow looks like an adult uh, right right after the end of Away from or Far from Home. So I get it. I hope they're able to keep things going with those films, but I mean, I, I'm not to doubt Marvel in anything. They've there it hasn't been a point where I'm like, okay, I'm enough with Marvel. So they they uh, also announced the titles of the Black Panther and Captain Marvel sequel. Yeah, but we still don't have release dates for Fantastic Four or Blade. I f I think Blade might not be part of this phase, but. Fantastic Four will be the end of it. So that's why, and they're still looking for casting on that movie. But yeah, with Black Panther, they're having to rewrite it because of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, and with Miss Marvel, I mean, that's where they're getting in Captain Marvel with the, the Miss Marvel, the uh, Middle Eastern Marvel. And I think there's another one. Monica Rambo is yeah, going to be in it from WandaVision. Yeah, so. I'm excited for that because it's, I mean, a diverse cast of superheroes being in the center of it. That, that's, I think, is can be really awesome. I mean, it's all on the execution. But yeah, that was the biggest one. Because let, let's be honest, the reason why Bad Bats that we're about to talk about is here in May. Because if this was going up against Loki, Loki would run circles over the show. I'm saying that as someone who loved the Clone Wars series. With this, it's interesting to even think of making a show off of the Bad Batch because they came out with that last season, season seven of the Clone Wars. And that's where they introduced these characters. And when these characters were first showing up 
uh, the first four episodes of that season. I thought that was the worst part because I looked at these like, wow, with, with the Clone Wars, it's this CG and even 2D, but an animated series where they just go through all the wrongs of the prequel series, correct them, and build on these characters that the movies didn't. And then you bring me the squad of stereotypes who are literally, their personality is their name as well. And I was like, okay, you're going to make a show off of them? I want to see how this goes. And this takes place, if you recognize the movies, this is during Revenge of the Sith, Order 66, where all the clones, they're told to kill the Jedi, and that's where you get the big twist of that movie. I mean, that's... This is during Episode 3, and then Clone Wars was after... Two? Yes. Clone, Clone Wars bridged the gap between two and three. And this okay. is after three. This is probably like between three and four. This is this is after three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or right as near the end of the events because, you know, in the first episode, Order 66 is initiated. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. So, this is after yeah. three and before four, before Rogue. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely before Rogue. You're right, Justin. Well, I don't know the storyline. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out the lineage here. Keep it up with the timeline. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and I, I get why they're doing this because the other, this is interesting because Dave Filoni actually said in an interview that after the seventh season of The Clone Wars, he would say, or, no, he did. He said, yeah, we're not doing any more Star Wars animated series. <laughs> or at least out of the Clone Wars and Rebels, which that that's another thing. Wait, aren't they going back and doing another Well, now they are. Rebels this, was, too? this was before yeah. that. And okay. See, see what happened is they also had an animated show based off of the sequel trilogy. But considering that thing failed, uh, I know originally those movies made a lot of money at the box, but nobody's thinking about those sequel movies. Unless you're a diehard Star Wars fan, you dress up as a Jedi and like you recite every single line from those movies. Those films have left the uh, the water cooler effect, which is people... Are you sure? Because people are still complaining about The Last Jedi and it's been four years. I, I, I really did not know that. I... I I think yeah. like diehard die Star Wars fans are, but like the general audience, they're like, okay, I'm moving. Marvel's got more things going on. I'm moving on to that. Star Wars, you could do whatever the heck you're doing with it, like this, all this nostalgia. Well, uh, <clears throat> I love seven and nine. Those are my favorite of the series. So, <laughs> of the um, entire series, yeah. And wow. on the Fleming Film Show, you can actually listen to us count down all 11 movies interesting yeah well but but like what what also leads me to believe this is that because uh, the these sequel movies i mean what i like the episode seven i can even admit that they're they were made to sell toys like there was so many characters in those sequel trilogies that became like toys and action figures and dolls you could buy before the movie would even come out. I remember 
those those porgs they were i mean that that's what the sequel trilogy is about it's about nostalgia and and uh, merchandising story that's an afterthought or at least in my opinion but those toys there was this big sales decline like people stopped buying the sequel trilogy uh toys and act and like merchant other merchandise as well and they're kind of going back to the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy because the love for that has been populated thanks to things like these animated shows that's why even news stories they always take place before the sequel trilogy because disney is trying to erase that secretly <laughs> no way no, I mean, it, they said they. you could hear whether you, you could love episode seven, eight, and nine. You could love all of them. You could say these are the best movies I've ever seen. It is out there. All of the directors, the cast members, they all said that there was no direction for these sequel movies. And they, they felt like more could have been done. Like, no, nobody was like happy with them. Even Mark Campbell, who he else stole pretend to be luke skywalker on twitter he came out and admitted like yeah i don't really like these new movies you like those paychecks i bet well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well, you know right. what if he, if he didn't like them then why did he sign on oh for the money so they all did it for the money and it worked yeah i, I mean they they all did but i think even the new characters they like uh, who is the guy who played yeah. Ben? Imagine somebody coming to you and, and saying, "Hey, would you want to audition for a new Star Wars movie?" Everyone uh, okay. in the other would be like, "Yeah." I like Ray. I think Kylo Ren was a better representation of what they were trying to do with Anakin in the prequels, but because they actually cast a good actor, I think they could have done more for Finn. They didn't do enough. I think they treated that one lady. Rose terribly because of the yeah. toxic fan base but i think there's some good stuff in the sequels and i think there are some good characters well but like what i'm what i'm saying is that the reason why people look at the marvel movies like that's the new star wars is because well for one star wars did have a movie that flopped and that was the uh solo uh, solo which they were trying to make a trilogy off of that. Uh, I mean, I like. <laughs> well, no, you I really like it. I'm looking at the business side. I'm not looking at hey, what's your opinion on it? I'm looking at the the business and also how the people oh, who worked on these movies felt like it after it came out. So, I mean, yeah, but who cares? Why does it matter? Who cares? Well, what why does it matter? Like, that's the reason why you have things like the Mandalorian taking place during the 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 original trilogy, and that's why you have more of the Clone Wars. That's why they keep are making these shows because they want to keep uh, or running off the nostalgia that fans have for the original movies. So, and that's the thing is I have to uh, realize going into this because i thought well the bad batch having their own show this has got to be a you know the, the a brand new series gonna have nothing to do with the original it's gonna be its own thing and <laughs> the, the show started off saying what what the heck are you thinking because it began like 
the Clone Wars and not even the seasons that I thought were amazing. Like it, it began like the Clone Wars movie. So when I saw that, that I was like, oh gosh, wow, this is not going well. But when we get to where the plot is with this, and that is, of course, is Order 66. And the, the whole thing about the, these for the squad, the Bad Batch squad, they are, as some people call, defects. They don't have this chip in their brain that uh, allows people to control them. Or, I mean, that's how, like, the whole thing happened with Order 66 is that there's this not kill switch, but uh, switch to just turn all these clones into e- or evil, uh, work for the Empire and all that. Just Well, to follow the orders of yeah. the Empire, yeah. But these don't. They don't have these, so uh, when all this goes down, they're looking around going, what the heck just happened? Like, I don't I don't know. The, like, they're a leader. He, he's like, I, I don't know what's going on. Can we just stop for a second can we like ask okay what is our mission here i do like that i love the idea of having having like even stormtroopers just decide okay is this right or what's going on here and not be just complacent with whatever the emperor or villains say and I mean, not saying this is the first time it was ever explored with the series, but just to make a fresh new show where that becomes a subject, that's cool. Uh, that being said, with these characters being how they are, I was I was just not highly invested into them. And the only one I was, and the reason why is because he's already, he already had an arc, and that was Echo. There's four squad members here, again, or five squad naming naming right after what they can do uh the leader his name is mr hunter Victor. <laughs> wrecker wrecker he wrecks Echo. things echo echo well and crosshair crosshair the sniper, the sniper. <laughs> tech he's the techie <laughs> I, I was, who actually looks like uh c-3po he's got the goggles and his head's kind of like roundish and he looks just like c-3po yeah, and all of them are it voiced. Kind of sounds like it as well. Well, actually, all of them are voiced by one person. Uh, he's done a lot yeah, of. He's the same actor. Yeah, he's he played Django Fett. He's played all the clones. He's Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's not the it's not the actor who played Django Fett in the movies. It's a different. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a I wouldn't say legendary, but he's an iconic voice actor. He's voice so many cartoon and uh, adult animated characters like he's been in a lot of cartoon network shows but uh yeah he is like the voice of all of them uh in the animated series but that would be interesting if they ever do live action with these clones yeah they'll they'll probably be played by uh him but no he was supposed to show up as he was supposed to show up as Rex in The Mandalorian playing Rex. Yeah. Well, that that brings up the issue I have with Star Wars. Because you have to think, and I, I'm, why even compare this with Marvel? Well, I mean, hey, you got Kevin Feige coming in now. And Taika Waititi is making a Star Wars movie. So, I mean, you, you're going to bring that in here. But 
I'm not in love with Star Wars like I used to. And that's because what Star Wars was to me back then is what Marvel is now. And what Star Wars is now is, again, running a lot on just retreading old territory, old stories. Like, as someone who has kept up with a lot of Star Wars, this is like the fourth or fifth time they talked about uh, other stories about Order 66 and people who betray, like they have a whole game, Jedi Fallen Order, that's all about that, about a Jedi who survives the Order 66. And I, I get it. You want to approach this story to a new audience, then okay, do something different with that. But instead, for at least a good majority of the first episode, which was an hour long or hour in, uh, it, it was as long as a feature length film. It, was it surprised minutes. me. I was like, because on Tuesday, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this first episode in the morning before I do anything. And I'm like, uh, finished my coffee. I'm like, how long is this episode? <laughs> and then I just scroll. This is almost 80 minutes. Jeez. No, to its credit, I wasn't, I, I was never bored. But the issues I had with the Mandalorian, because we, we talked about that when the Mandalorian ended and they, they had that twist with Luke Skywalker. I mean, they, they, not just Luke Skywalker, it's just been a show of, hey, remember this character from the animated series with the original trilogy? And they were doing that right off the bat with this show, too. You got Grand Moth Tarkin, which I get, he's one of the generals of the empire so he's got to be in there but then you go the character that made the least sense as far as like cameo appearances was saw guerrera who <laughs> it was not played by uh uh horse oh, whitaker horse whitaker this is the young saw guerrera so they got the voice actor from the show it, it's just so weird that the rebellion in the empire is so large you could get anybody, but it's always Saw Guerrero. Like he's the one, whenever all these characters, they think about the rebellion, you have to go to that guy. And I was like, no, you don't need to keep bringing him in because we already know him. Oh, at least we know him from Rogue One and people who've seen Clone Wars, they, they know him already. So really, he's just sure there to back up in Rebels. Yeah. So... For those who at least seen Rogue One, you're, they're, they're not learning anything new from him. He's just there. And I, I, I kind of got worried because when I went on Twitter, I saw Ahsoka uh, trending. That's making me think she's going to pop in this. And, and they mentioned, you speaking of Rex, I was like, okay, you're trying to make a, a spinoff show. Please, like, you don't, I might get it. There's like seven seasons, but at least a little bit. For those who've never seen anything the show and i wouldn't recommend it it's a good show when you get past the first season of course but th this is like no you, you got to do your homework and what i mean do your homework i mean watch all seven seasons also go on wikipedia because <laughs> then they yeah. bring in this character omega and it was a clone of jango fett i was like but Django Fett is a guy, and this is a okay. So explain how that works, where now clones can just transcend into different genders. I'm not against that. I'm not saying, well, why is there a female clone? No, I just want you to explain it. Like, how did the genetics work here? Because she's this is the one female clone 
who shares the same blood as Django Fett. I was like, okay, did Django Fett had a girlfriend? Did I mean, I'm looking at this from a scientific perspective because our, our scientific like works with genes. Like you have to have a dominant recessive gene. And if your dominant recessive gene is Jango Fett, then okay, where's the recessive gene that's another person? I guess I'm thinking too deep in it because again, it's <laughs> this is like, all right, okay. So, I mean, you've seen, so you've seen the show, right, Cody? The before the clone. yeah 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 i watched the clone wars i didn't watch it initially when it first came out because i was kind of done with star wars at that point because of the prequels but yeah. then around the time the sequels were coming out people kept telling me oh you got to watch them they're actually good shows and it is it is i think both clone wars and rebels are good shows i think clone wars did what the prequels didn't do was like make all these characters interesting and we actually got to see the clone wars and yeah oh yeah i mean they made darth maul darth maul like one of the most fascinating villains in the star wars universe uh, just what is original was originally just a random like dude with devil face paint and we got to see his whole whole origin off of that movie and where they even added some horror aspects to it where, where he was found as like a half robot spider who just ate the flesh of random people who would fall in like they do so much things that again not trying too hard to appeal to kids despite being mm -hmm. pg rated but the issue with this is that this is very much kid friendly to a fault Going back to how the Clone Wars started, where it was focused on trying to too hard to be for the kids. And that worried me a lot. But as the first episode was concluding, and then we get to the second episode, I was starting to see the strengths of the original Clone Wars show. But it, it still gives me to ask the question, like narratively, what is the purpose of this show because that's the, that thought always just came across me like what are you doing with this like we never see the bad batch and in, in rebels or in any of the movies so assumingly either their story ends or they flee off somewhere like knowing that i've seen the sequel movies so i know how this ends kind of i'm like okay you got 16 episodes for this I don't know if it's a series, mini series, or you're going to have multiple seasons. What is the direction of this show? Because I thought it was going to be Suicide Squad, but that is not the case. The purpose is money. Well, yeah, besides, is purpose. <laughs> besides that. Because honestly, when I heard they were doing this, I'm like, okay, why? I mean, whatever. I don't know, maybe they just enjoyed introducing these characters and maybe they just wanted to play around with them. Uh, I mean, the show's fine. And you were talking about all this homework. They're assuming everyone that's watching this is already a fan. That's that's yeah. what they're assuming. They're assuming that like no one's coming in to the Bad Batch fresh with no knowledge of Star Wars. This is for fans. And I think fans will enjoy it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, 
I did enjoy enough that I do want to see it. For, I'm not in that point where, man, I, I don't want to see the. No, I will. I mean, hey, Loki's not coming out till June. This is the thing to tune into <laughs> on Fridays. This will tide me over. Yeah, well, which Lo, yeah, Loki's come out Wednesday, but uh, yeah, this is the big Disney Plus series on on weekends for now. So, but. I was I was just looking at this whole time is that as much as I love the Clone Wars show, it's like I I could have done without this, but now that it's here, I am interested to see where it goes because the second episode does bring promise that there's a little bit more going on. What I don't want to see is that the whole 14 episodes left is that it's just nothing but ran these not very well developed clones just going on different adventures, just doing their stereotypes uh, and, and then I, well Omega is that's the other thing because I, I looked at her as like okay are you doing another baby Yoda with this because she is she is the young kid they got to travel with and, and it's exactly what I thought I was like this is very similar to just how Mandalorian set up you know we go we go to one place to try to get her back and then we got her back now we got to go back to the place that we came from and yeah, I mean, it is pretty on par for Mandalorian. Um, I thought it was fine, though. I like uh, I like um, the look of it. You know, the animation of the faces and stuff is a little weird, but I didn't watch Clone Wars, so I'm not used to it yet. And, you know, I like that they're doing animation differently, but you think that they would do it a little bit better. Um, well, that's the also thing that got me with this is they're using the same exact engine or animation engine as the show, which that engine has been going on since 2008. And, and they build on it. When you look at Clone Wars movie, they look like static action figures. Uh, like the animation in that movie does not hold up at all. But when you look at the later seasons, you know, the faces are more expressive. There's more definition to it. But there came to be at a point that at the end of the day, yes, the CG is not the best looking out of all CG animation that you could find on a streaming service. And it's even not as good as Rebels, I don't think. Rebels, I felt like they added more money and like more more expressions to the character animations so yeah i mean they are kind of using a dated engine so that that will throw some people out and the fact that yeah they do look like action figures i mean does what disney likes to do with star wars and there are i bet you there's toys on amazon of the bad batch oh for sure yeah for sure you know, the funny thing is they didn't want to make a movie. That was George Lucas saying, let's do a feature. That that was originally supposed to just be a pilot for the show, at, like a two-parter pilot. Yeah. And he like, said, nope, let's let's extend it to a feature film length. Yeah, that, which I'm, I'm glad they improved <laughs> on that. Dave Filoni, I'll say Dave Filoni, he is the best thing about Star Wars, in my opinion. I, I mean, not just being the head of the this but he's also one of the two people who run the mandalorian he expands on the story far beyond than any of the movies have been doing and that's why i was still excited for this but it is 
disappointing that this has gone off to I wouldn't say like a, a bad start, just not the best. Like it's, it, it's not given me the emotional level that I got out of the Clone Wars show just yet. But when it got to that second episode, especially when they reintroduced the, the family that was in the Clone Wars show, there was, there was a, a clone that retired and became a dad and, and like got married to an alien. I, I like that. That's like, expanding on the humanity of these soldiers that in the movies that all they do is they shoot and they follow orders and yeah and that aspect of the show shows promise because i do like getting to see like different sides of the clones and that there's more to them than just that they're byproducts of the empire creating soldiers yeah and there's still some stakes because the empire they're actively hunting them they're wanted they want to get rid of these clones so that everybody acts and thinks like the empire and it, they do show how the empire is taken over like they 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 now uh, exchange credit like you have to pay with empire bucks or something like that so you see the dictatorship in this that are going on and reinforcing my whole belief that i don't feel anything for the empire like there's some people saying you know maybe the empire has a point no Screw those guys. They're they're space Nazis. What? They're space Nazis. That's yeah. what they're. Bottom line, people. Empire's bad. Always has been. Don't trust a wrinkly man that looks like a turd. <laughs> that says ultimate power. That, and speaking of which, because that's what what I also was not crazy over about uh, season seven. With Echo, he had a very nice arc because he went from a, a just a private soldier. He went through so many different traumatizing battles and having to see like his own best friends die to get blown up. And then, which was sad, but then season seven was like, okay, let's give him a happy ending. He's actually a cyborg now. And I look at that as like, okay, even though maybe that was written better, it still feels like what they did with the em- the emperor bringing him back alive. I I hope they don't do that. Where later in the season, you get some characters who died in the movies, but then they're back, or or like we see Mace Windu. Uh, pop yeah, up. yeah. I am tired of that trope, and I hear what you're saying about the nostalgia stuff. I mean, it makes sense that this show picks up in the entry point where it's at because of the characters. Yeah. But I get what you're saying, and they do need... I mean, the Star Wars universe is vast, and there's so much they could do with it. And they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they are keeping the universe small, and they don't need to do that. Well, they have these uh, uh, Knights of Republic movies in the works. That's their next big Star Wars trilogy. I hope that will be the change, even though it is basing itself off of pre-existing games. But yeah, that... but I hope it's not like a Yoda origin story. I hope it's about a bunch of Jedi that we know nothing about. Well, yeah, I mean, it because it will take place in like the ancient times of of being a Jedi. I think that's cool. But then I remember there was a Yoda in that game. So. <laughs> Well, I'm okay if Yoda pops up, but I don't no, want but he's like one of the people in the, the Jedi Temple. Oh, is he? Yeah, no, he does play a big part in. in... So okay. I was like, okay, so 
is in some way they're not going to let these characters go. Okay, all right, fine. All right, well, that, that, this is why I prefer Marvels because when a character dies, they're they are dead and they'll move on. Like you're you're getting Iron Hearts. You're not getting Iron Man. Like t- Tony Stark will come back again, but you're getting Iron Heart, like a, a brand new black woman who is Iron Man. And Star was like, no, Luke Skywalker, he's actually back because well. <laughs> We're, we're gonna have well in the timeline he's he's still alive training so yeah um, okay all right well anyway that's i mean i'm not gonna get a rating because it's just two episodes or 16 of them i'll come back when i've seen eight but yeah uh, i th- i'm curious to see what happens next but you know it's not anything amazing so far but i think star Wars fans will like it yeah yeah well, I'm, uh, you know, not a fanatic at all. I just like movies for what they are. I, you know, I'm not a big franchise guy, but um, uh, which is why I like Seven and Nine so much. I just think they're entertaining movies, just plain and simple. Okay. Uh, this is fun. Uh, it's fine. Uh, you know, it's I would never watch it had it not been for the show because I don't watch shows or cartoon shows, really. But um, no, I think it's good. It's a nice little placeholder. Um, but yeah, very similar to Mandalorian. I don't really care for any of the characters too much, but yeah. I know Omega's, you know, lineage is probably a, a Skywalker or something. So we'll... <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, I hope not. Uh, I, I'm not I, would, I would not be surprised. I would, I would not. Uh, that ends up being the case. Well, isn't that. there another family in the universe? <laughs> no, nope. everybody's Skywalker. Uh, but yeah, I didn't even know that this was coming out or what it was because uh, when you said watching Disney Plus is the Bad Batch, I was like, all right, whatever. But then a movie from like 2018 came up that had like Jim Carrey in it, and I was like, that's oh, not it. Um, yeah, the uh, I forget the director's name. She also she directed a girl walks alone at night which is like an iranian vampire movie or something um but uh yeah i mean it's fine totally predictable just like you know just like the names of the characters and what they do yeah yeah i I hope they develop more uh, i like that first scene with the jedi was cool the first episode oh right that that sets up the yeah I didn't even know who that person was, so I'm not that big. No, but Caleb is played by Freddie Prince Jr., voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, yeah. I don't think that was a different person, though, right? That's not Kanan Jareth, right? No, Caleb. Caleb. Well, he played a character on Rebels, too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I don't think that was a pretty, that was just like another Jedi, but this is showing what, what happened. But anyway. Onto Monster, which that's the official name of it. It was actually called something else uh, back in 2018. But this uh, tells the story of, I, I, well, before even telling or mentioning the story, I didn't even mention the cast because I looked at the cast even before watching. I was like, okay, there's some recognizable people here. John David Washington, for example. I mean, he, he's been doing a lot of Netflix, or at least Netflix release films even though this was bought by netflix it was originally at a film festival oh excuse me there's around a young kid who gets in the middle of the worst uh issue which was uh getting getting arrested for a crime he did not commit there was a a robbery at a dollar store 
two thugs showed up and killed a guy and they decided to blame him because he was there and he's black because you know the, a lot of uh racism going on with that and so the whole movie is kind of going back and forth between talking a little bit about what happened before the event and during it like having to go to jail as a 17 year old boy having to struggle to try to win this case because you got a uh, a, a uh, defendant and then a uh, accuser fighting each other and uh well let me say is that i've had an issue with this type of storytelling just because i feel like there's an abusive amount of it and i'm of course i've been talking about the, the black struggle even movies that i really liked i do have to sit back and say that we have a lot of this and we have so little of representing black men and black women or POC men and women on other types of roles. And it's frustrating that even when these movies are trying to make a point, they get made, nothing changes. Like even in the George Floyd trial, five black men and young black girls, they were shot and killed during that, the, the event of that trial, if you're really going to make a movie about the, the Black struggle, you need, to, you need to do more or just don't do it. And so I, I was coming into this with, with, also, with that mindset because, you know, I, being what, what the show or what, what this podcast represents, I do quite a few interviews with Black men and women who are in different creative fields. I also have two Black co-hosts on my other show. That I love very much and uh, mean a lot. A lot of people who have helped me be who I am, who so happen to be black. And I, I'm just reviewing a lot of these movies. I'm I'm just kind of exhausted by it. And I, not even a way where I, I appreciate. It. I I actually don't. I think that there's not a genuine reason for their creation. Just recently, though, because I showed this to Cody, there was a company. It was called Just Now, and. They, even though they uh, purchased, it, it was an, it was just a coincidentally similar short film that was made that they purchased later. This film looked at this young woman's short film about a black, it's like Groundhog Day, but a black man uh, getting into conflict with a police officer and trying to figure out what's the solution. And that, that company just now they they publicized it back in 2013 they shared the short or a year later and then just recently there was a short that had a, the same exact setup as that uh, short and one best picture or best uh, live action short at the oscars produced by just now and that is that, that is what I'm talking about is these companies, they are exploiting off of this. So we go to this film and I'll get the good out of the way. The times when this film gave us about the kid's life here. And uh, I got her the name of the actor. Elvin Harris Jr. Yeah, Elvin Harris Jr. Who is good in the film? Like, no, I think there's a, a strong point He's a great actor. And when they were talking about his, a little bit about his life on wanting to be a film producer, like there's times where he's uh, going around his neighborhood, 
using, I think, a uh, either an uh, iOS device or at least a small mini camera, going things and using a black and white uh, aesthetic to it. I like that, and I think with with him and his school or going through school too, like trying to learn more about uh, why trying to be a film. It made me just really wish that there was a movie like that where it is about a black man and or a black woman trying to make it in the film industry. And this movie's like, yeah, but you don't really want to see that. You want to see this young kid get arrested, be in pain, go through trial because they they do not explore that enough. I I feel like they could have done more with that. And and instead, it is mostly about this trial. All right, so if you're going to focus on this, what what's your message here and keep in mind that this is also directed by a white man which some people could have an issue with that i mean just uh with uh catherine biglow doing detroit there were some people who were upset with her because she is a white woman directing a black trauma story and it, actually there was another person did a short about that same uh or, or trying to make a message as well and what when i Here's something about that. My, my, I mean, I think everybody has the right to feel the way they feel. They feel upset that someone who is not black is directing a black trauma story. Okay, I, you know, I, if anything, I could be with you with that. I, I just think if that person is delivering on something that not many people know about, as actually bring something helpful, is not trying to exploit or profit off of that then I guess that's where I make the exception. That's why with Catherine Bigelow doing Detroit and, and this other girl, I, I don't have her name on me. I think they have done a pretty good job, but I'm not someone who still would want this to keep happening. And it, it, I, I mean, I'll just get it right off. I, I did not like this movie. I, I came through this movie angry at the mediocre to bad dialogue and acting. Because when you go outside of the main protagonist, you got the two, you got the the accuser and the defendant. And I've seen them in great things, but both of them, they were either overacting or underacting. Well, the prosecuting attorney is overacting. Oh, he is overacting like a cartoon character on like yeah. on adventure and, time. Uh, I will attorney... time. Yeah. She feels like she is sleepwalking. Like she's like barely like a character. Yeah, she is like, you're not guilty. I will help you. That's good. Yeah. Like, you're, oh my gosh. Like, okay. Yeah, a young, a 17-year-old kid going to jail, that is traumatized, especially if the person is innocent. That That's something to really get to but she came out of it like, I just don't want to be it. Maybe she looked at the script and was like, oh my gosh, another black trauma film I got to sign up for. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the intention was. Maybe they really believed in this, but the, both of them were bad. There was one point that I thought was really, really stupid. It, it made me laugh, but also kind of mad. It was when the prosecutor went up and asked uh, our main character, Okay, do you know do you know him? No, he's an acquaintance. Do you know him? He's an acquaintance. No, do you know him? He's also acquaintance. That he acquainted with that murder. I was like, shut the heck up. 
Well, he did get called out in the. No, he did. I, I get it. He did get called out. It wasn't like everybody's like, oh, yes. But, but still, that is a. What is he saying? <laughs> He's talking to the animals. Um, <laughs> yes. I think he. He was talking about the movie, and then he like went into the distance. Ripped it off, yeah. No, I because I, I have to let my dog up in here. But yeah, that's a that's a terrible piece of dialogue. And and when when you're making directing a film about black trauma, you cannot just pass off as mediocre because this needs to stop. And I I was not even feeling that. Like I I. Besides a, maybe a couple of decent performances, but even then, they're the dialogue they're they're spewing out is is bad. Like even our main character, I don't even know why this was even a thing, but because because he's a filmmaker, they decide to have him narrate like he's in the middle of a movie, and that came off so corny. Like it reminded me of Max Payne and another. What was that movie with uh, Brad Pitt where he was in space? At Astra. Oh, at Astra. Oh, yes. I, I just when you when you're trying to add drama by having the main character narrate their story, that makes things worse for me. Like that tells me you're not taking this seriously, and this is not something you can take lightly, especially how much this type of story has been abused. Because <laughs> no, go ahead, Cody and Justin. What do you got, Cody? Oh. I think Chase is right for for the most part. I because watching this, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, really, another one of these these movies. And I mean the sad thing is, and we keep saying it, that we have to keep telling these stories because for some reason people are not getting it or they don't care or they're not willing to accept that someone that doesn't look like them has a hard struggle and deals with things that we will never understand. I did really like the filmmaking aspects of the movie, like him wanting to make movies, him shooting people on the streets and talking. It is really film school tropey though, that they are watching Rashomon and learning about point of view. And then he's on a murder trial about point of view I think this movie is a mixed bag. I think there's some really strong stuff in here. I am baffled how they got Jeffrey Wright to be in this movie because he's an incredible actor. And it was kind of, I was kind of shocked that he's there, but I guess to elevate, I don't think it's a horrible movie, but I agree with you, Chase, that if you're going to do this, it needs to be like, it needs to be top notch because we do need more uplifting films for people well, of color. Well, right as you were saying that, because you were mentioning, uh, talking about perspective, that to me is, again, bad dialogue when you're when you're trying to make a point and your point is to just use a simple, like makes something so obvious. When you're trying to make the viewer feel like they're stupid and they don't know anything, because that's kind of what I got with it. When... They, they were talking about the film of perspectives. So I was like, yeah, I, I get it for perspectives. I know this relates to the trial. Oh, oh my gosh, how coincidental that all this is. Also, how'd they get Tim Blake Nelson to be the film school teacher or the and, film teacher? And that's, that's another thing that you, uh, these filmmakers could have done. What, why not a... This could be a great film. But, why not a movie where... 
a black man or a black woman is teaching film and is talking about the evolution of and talking about the importance of diversity in film, talking about the importance of black representation. Isn't, like, isn't this based on somebody's memoir? I think this is actually based on a true story or at yeah. least or a novel. It's it, a if, YA novel. If it is, it is, I don't feel like this was represented right. It's based off of a book for sure. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there are some. Uh, yeah. It's not as good as, say, a movie called The Hate You Give, which deals with similar oh, no. subject matter and is also based off of a YA novel. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like this executed anything, right? Like, the thing that I, I liked. It does not explore and it just passes aside and i would just say yeah this looks bad but again with the uh, again the, the the obsessiveness we get out of this type of storytelling and the fact that it is directed by a white guy who's previously done music videos i just don't see any competence in the narrative of this and just feels like yeah it's someone who wants to get awards and what's the quick thing to get awards make us feel bad for the black people i would or like to have seen a, yeah i would have liked to have seen the movie about him just aspiring to be a filmmaker that could be good too why can't we just do something where you are show, showing diverse diverse leads doing other things like just something like that whenever we talk about filmmaking it we never even bring that up like the most you would resort to black people in filmmaking and as far as the movie was this i think it was malcolm and marie but that wasn't the filmmaking part that wasn't even like the main thing it was all about the arguing i would like to see a movie where you're dealing with the film or someone wanting to be a filmmaker who just so happens to be black and but they don't want to do that that's not the thing that it's gonna get them attention. I, I also heard this movie was supposed to come out originally three years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it was shelved for whatever reason. Probably because someone said don't release this BS. But they, they guess they, they felt like they need to. I don't know, Justin. Yeah, sounds like I like the movie a little bit more than you guys. Um, I really liked Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s performance. Um. And yeah, I like uh, Mr. Mr. Wright in there. Also, Jennifer Hudson, she's an Academy Award winner. So we have some, yeah. some acting uh, creds here. I think it's, it's mostly about him, because even in the poster and what he is so frustrated with is like, they don't know who I am. They don't know me as a person. And I just think that was what this story really is about. It's just, just because he's black and a part of the situation that went down wrong, doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. And that's what he was trying to come off the entire time, which is why we had the teacher come through, which is why, you know, his, his friends were there and his girlfriend and whatnot. Um, and it's also why we got to see him outside of just being in the cell, just being on trial. We got to see him for actually who he was. And we know that he's not a bad guy. So it's, that's, that's what this, this whole point of this movie was. It's just, you don't know who I am. And you're not listening to the type of person that I am. So listen to who, who I am and know that I'm not this type of person. And I, I don't know. I just saw it in that way instead of, you know, a black exploit, exploitation uh, crime 
courtroom drama. Um, I just thought this had deeper, deeper meanings. And yeah, it would be cool to see him as a, um, you know, as a black filmmaker, but watching him uh, do his little documentary with uh, the rapper, <laughs> he's an actual rapper, um, forget his name, uh, ASAP Rocky, I think. And then uh, the, the old man, you know, you, you Oh yeah, saw I love him. that scene where they're playing chess. Yeah. yeah. I want more of that in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And how we got to see him actually recording it. And also that once the old man said something like real, you know, he started focusing on him instead of like this rapper who's talking out of his ass, you know? Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think there's a lot to like in this movie. It's not a perfect movie. It's not going to go down as my favorite of the year or anything. Um, obviously there's reasons why it came out three years later than it was made. Um, but uh, it was it was good film to watch in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I I, uh, I don't think it pulled through. I mean, you mentioned the hate you give. I, I felt like the hate you give did all that much better. I, I don't know. Yeah, I give it a void. I, I I'm sorry. I, I'm not like that. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, is this yeah, folks? And then in about three minutes, you can hear him talk for 25 minutes about trash. But yeah, we'll give this one an avoid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had more fun with trash than I did with this. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's his honest opinion. And, you know, I get, you know, we, we've seen so many of these types of films. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, but yeah. I think it's not a terrible movie. I think it could have been executed better. I think there's a really powerful, uplifting story here. I think, I don't know if it's the direction or the writing, but something did kind of, kind of fall through the cracks and didn't, it didn't quite stick how it should have. I think it's a high decent though. Yeah, I give it a high decent, low good as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I mean, I did really. I just felt like this was the CW's version of a story like this. Like I. I, I get that. I feel that. But I mean, you can't, you can't say the N word that much on CW. <laughs> yeah. That, but, oh, uh, yeah. I guess. But yeah, it's not it's not a great movie. And if that sort of thing upsets you or you're tired of seeing it on screen, I completely understand. And you could watch something else that lifts your spirits a little better, makes you feel better well, about humanity and how we treat one another. Well, like, just be clever. Like, just be clever. That's just all I asked. And I didn't feel like this was. I like, yeah, I liked when they were talking about how he was doing the narration over because it was only during the courtroom stuff. It wasn't outside of his other life. So I, I thought that was interesting in, in a, a unique way of, of making a, a crime drama. Okay. All right. Well, the on to the speaking of unique, yeah, what ape versus monster, yeah, ape versus monster. No, that is unique. I mean, it's unique in that you know, go back to the asylum, they are a company, they were part of the sci fi channel, they make the Sharknado movies, and they also make what people call mockbusters. Let's take a movie that people know and just uh, make a knockoff of it out of no budget or no anything. Just have fun being stupid about it. And I really appreciate for them. I was entertained or freaked out by whatever the heck they brought up, whether that be uh, the first movie we talked about, which was, uh, oh, uh, 
oh, what was it out out not out world not out worlds was it overland that that animated disney film with two brothers oh Pixar. what was that called was it outward instead of onward oh on no onward that's what you're uh onward that's what you're what was it onward shoot i forgot what was the pixar movie what was the Pixar movie was Onward, but I thought oh, you were talking about this was Homeward, yeah, yeah, Homeward. So Homeward was Homeward. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I actually dug up some behind the scenes of this new film they got, Ape versus Monster, and there's more budget they brought into this film than previous ones, and you do see that, but it comes out of catch. They've been buying assets, so. If you looked at this film and said, hey, that Godzilla knockoff doesn't look too bad, they didn't make that. And all, all other effects, I was like, okay, so if this is true for all their films, that means a Homeward's animation, they didn't buy any of it, or they didn't make any of it. That's interesting. But if you know the story of Kong versus Skull Island. No, not Kong versus Skull Island. I'm forgetting. Kong, Kong and Godzilla, they make out whatever the, that movie is called. It was on HBO Max. <laughs> Isn't there, um, wasn't there like a meme or like something going on on Twitter where it was like, just make out already or kiss or something about Godzilla and King Kong? Yeah. I mean, that's what they did in the end. I mean, no spoiler, but <laughs> so. And with that movie, I just thought it was okay. I like the monster fights, but yeah, I mean, there were moments where the monsters weren't there and you did have to deal with the humans. I thought that part was very boring. So maybe this, this film will change that. Maybe it's just all monster fights. Or better yet, when you do get the humans, it is freaking ridiculous because this is why I just really am fascinated by uh, the sound. They... They admit to it. This is not a accident. You, like if you go in and you criticize the sounds film, like oh the animation's bad, the acting is bad, they're like, yeah. So, what? What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna say something? I, I mean, and it started when we got past the 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 credits. They rented a high school classroom to turn it into a lab and a military base or military meeting at the same time. So, like, scientists were in lab coats trying to uh, put in like formulas on a Dell Inspirion laptop, which is like three or four hundred dollars, or, or a really cheap laptop, and. <laughs> And they were communicating with the Russians, which really, it's a guy it's speaking in a very bad Russian accent. You've got to stop the aid that's happening right here, or we're going to fire our missiles for Mother Russia. And so the Americans, they have to team up the Russians to figure out what's going on, because two meteors happen to land on Earth. One happens to be a giant ape, which they've named Abraham. And then the other later is their own version of Godzilla. But there's a third one. You also get a, a flying alien saucer. As a, a, hey, that's new. You you didn't have aliens in in uh, Kong versus Godzilla. That's that is different. 
I mean, it is part of their asset pack, so it's. <laughs> I adore them. I mean, it's it's kind of cute. Like when you look at this film, it's like high school students are making a film for the first time, and they're being adorable about it. Like the acting is is so cute and, and being cheesy. The that. Uh, when someone has an accent, you can tell it's an American dude speaking in some other accent. Like there's a, a military general who's got like a, a Western cowboy Southern accent. So he's going to be like, um, what's going on here? Stop all these tinker toys. We got the ultimate weapon and yada, yada. And they're going on about like the philosophy and all those BS while you're just looking around the room and just spotting all the Easter eggs of just different cheap things, like just random things that aren't even involved in the movie because they rented out a classroom to basically film the whole thing. Like even when they're out in a city, they're still in that same school. Like there, there's a shot where they're in New York and there's like a military general going like fire at that big ape. And you're like, you're not near the bridge to New York. You're still in that classroom, but in a different room. They're cheap as heck. I mean, that's what you get out of Asylum. So you're wondering, what about the, the ape? Oh my gosh, the ape? He looks like, uh, oh, what one of those YouTube videos. But it, it's a, it's a, brown like a brown or black mesh with just thorns and that's supposed to count as fur like the textures in it it is very bad and he is just wobbling around when he's trying to attack the enemies and, and like he throws a a, a uh, army soldier and that army soldier is flapping around like a rag doll but besides that you're thinking okay so is is this is abraham just like kong is he friendly to the good guys because he does make friends with uh oh the main uh or black girl i got her name they do have another uh famous actor that makes an appearance of this and i forgot what popular like what pop culture movie he was in but he was later in a talking cat as the talking cat i forgot his name Eric Roberts? Yeah, Eric Roberts. So. Oh, well. <laughs> he was popular like in the 80s. He was in The Dark Knight as one of the gangsters. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's, also, that's Julia's, Julia's brother. Yeah, he's Julia Roberts' older brother. Yeah, Julia Roberts. Uh, but in here, he he's like one of the, one of the military people and like best friend. Actually, no. He's like either the 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 husband or the dad of which I would say I would actually say dad because the that, that would be a big age difference. Which I'm not ages, so hey, there are people who date who are like forty years apart. Okay, but when it got when it got to the ape, that that's when things started kicking off. That's when when we got back to the humans. Things just start getting even core, like even cheesier, in just the in just some awesome ways. Like it's almost nostalgic 
because some of the dialogue reminds me of older bad films that I've seen. Like the scientists will have an emotional moment and it'll come off as that uh, Doom movie, the, the video game Doom movie with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock? Yeah. yeah. You remember that point in that movie where there was a scientist going, but we have to protect the research data. I've actually never seen Doom. Okay, I've seen it. <laughs> but there's a scientist here who is worried about the, because she is like, she's like uh, protected, uh, wants to protect the animal species. We got to protect, a a Abraham is our friend. Stop trying to kill him, okay? I know he's destroying properties. He's leveling cities and everything, but he's a good ape. And there's a point where she gets upset that the military, because they're playing to kill him because they see him as a threat. And she's like, the probability in Abraham's demise is about 6.9. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and yeah, it's, that's what I could think is if you're throwing an exposition, be goofy, be stupid. Like, don't try to talk about all those like lore and be serious about it. Just give us some bad dialogue that we'll, we'll laugh at. And that, that's what you get here. Cause the other behind the scenes info I realized that, or no, that I found out, the cast and the director, they don't have a script for this movie. What they did is they wrote out lines and they kept writing out lines and changing them on the fly. So every actor in this movie looks spaced out when they're saying their lines. Because someone in the back is telling them, hey, you're supposed to say this thing. I'm like, what? I, I thought I was saying, uh, all right. We have, oh, hold on. God dang it, my God. How much longer do you think the plot of the film has, Justin? Um, let's see. <laughs> it's one thirty-seven my time, so 23 more minutes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the what? We were saying you were on a roll. In the yeah. Dog. I know, the, the dog going on. No, I, I heard it. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people like hearing... Uh, hearing uh us or me talk about bad movies so that's why I'm I, I think people find it entertaining when people either tear apart a bad movie or just describe how like ridiculous they are i know that this movie is freaking ridiculous but it, it is in the way of an asylum movie if you've seen an asylum you know how they work you know how cheap and stupid they are uh or in in the best way like they they know it and how they get like an iconic actor to say some weird things. There's a part where one of them, like this is just a, a death scene in the movie, but it's not, not even like a scene, but there was a soldier, one of the military soldiers, they have something fall on them and their last words are, well, I'll be a pile of poop. And I was like, <laughs> I'll, I'll like okay all right we're going with that now what why did are the aliens there i don't know again asset so th throw in the aliens and 
and Ape and then the Godzilla together. But when they fight, oh my gosh, is it cheap? And it is, it is glory, gloriness. But yeah, I'll say that this is probably not the best, as far as like best, worst asylum film because of how more money they try to put out at this. It's like, well, why can't you just continue, keep being cheap? There are some shots that are actually decent. I think that's a problem with the movie because uh, I, I don't want anything to be decent. You made this to be a film for people to love, like get drunk watching and laughing at. So just be consistent about that. But when, when they do, oh, oh, it pays off. Oh my gosh, the, the fight between Godzilla and, and uh, or Kong and their version of it and the way that the characters are glitching into each other. <laughs> Did you like this or Godzilla versus Kong more? Well, if I were to grade by filmmaking standards, that Godzilla versus Kong, Kong versus Godzilla, whichever one it is, that it's is Godzilla. a better that is a better film. This is way more entertaining. Like the, the humans, they crack me up. The fact that they they're they're all of them are drunk, all of them are high. They had lots of drugs, and they're just saying some random stupid things, and just. Random things about these characters change on the fly. Like that's why I was like, "Oh wait, is the scientist and the the military general are they brothers? Are they because uh, they just casually throw, yeah, thank you, and, and and kiss each other." I was like, "Okay, all right." I don't know what the relationships are of these people because I was too busy looking at the filmmaking. But hey, the asylum—you can never go wrong with them. I I want them to just rip off every movie. In fact, rip off No Man Land just for Justin. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine what they would. I know there's one scene in particular they would. Oh right, yeah. She's yeah. using her uh, her toilet. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm. It I'm would gonna... actually they would create a creature that was a nomad, like <laughs> what their version of a nomad would look like. Yeah, or they could do Lucia or the new Pixar movie Lucia. They could call it uh, Lucy. Luca. Luca. Okay, they could call Luca. it Luki. There you go, Luki. <laughs> why is should... Disney Plus? I'm not complaining, but why is Disney Plus putting that one up at no cost, but we have to pay thirty bucks to watch Cruella? Or Raya. Mariah was good though. Yeah. Well, good no, I know, but you. It's weird how they choose which ones you pay for and which ones you don't. Because Soul was free, but then Raya wasn't, or and Mulan wasn't. Cruella's not going to be. Luca's going to be. I I feel like they shouldn't do the thirty dollar charge, but if they are, I feel like Luca should be the thirty dollar charge, and Cruella should be free. Yeah. So that's I, just me. Yeah. I, I give this a regular decent because uh, I mean it, it's so much fun in the worst, but because of more the, the fact that they do add more money, I wish they don't like to stop. Don't don't try to be good, like don't do that. <laughs> like that's the well, thing. Yeah, the, the decent, just stay trashy, okay? I want yeah, my trash. I want trash. consistent trash. You know, you're doing for the most part, but there's scenes, there's shots that look nice. I was like, no, don't do that. Keep it, keep it like that. 
I hear the uh, Asylum movies usually run about $100,000, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, this was huge. probably more than that because they paid for those assets, so I, I don't know. <laughs> it is all Eric Roberts, guys. Yeah. Eric Roberts. Anyway, that is it for today, and uh, next week there's some films to talk about for sure uh, on HBO Max and Netflix, but uh, yeah, Ponce rests on different podcasts and platforms. And also the woman in the window. Yeah, woman in the window. Wasn't that supposed to come out like years ago? I feel like I saw trailers for that. Uh, let's see. And Tyler Sheridan's new movie. Yeah, those who wish me dead. Yeah. Angelina Jolie <laughs> and uh, yeah. Who's the male actor in it? Um, I don't know. I didn't watch the trailer. Okay, but, I haven't uh, seen a trailer either. I see. I see for the woman in the window. The, oh, this is the Amy Adams, Gary oh, Oldman, yeah. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Okay. And then those who wish me dead, Nicholas Holt. Oh, okay. And Tyler Perry. Mm, John yeah. Barenthal. Yeah. John Barenthal. That's who it was. That's uh, going to be a good one. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and also, Chase yeah. is going to give it a boy. I might like it. I mean, I actually appreciate Tyler Perry a lot. So he's great in Gone Girl. Well, yeah. When you when you put him in like the cat, like like there there was a I think it was Vice. He had a very small role, but I liked. Him. Oh yeah, wasn't he? Um, Colin Powell. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, you you give him the acting role. I think you, you can do it. Like. Even when he's directing and writing and all things, I still like that he is. I mean, say what you will about Tyler Perry, he's employing black men and women in other types of stories. I, yeah, yeah, and he I kept like people his... fed and employed during the whole pandemic, which yeah. he got a humanitarian <laughs> award. Yeah. And I like these movies, I don't care if they're dumb. I mean, I'm, you know, you kind of know what you're going, what you're getting going in. So, well, even think about it with. with Jax, the actor, Macab Brooks, he came from a Tyler Perry movie. I just interviewed a an actress who was from Tyler Perry's Ruthless, and she's going to be in the new Disney Plus musical Sneakerella. So, they... I heard the Idris Elba one where he's a single dad's actually not that bad of no a movie. No Good Deeds? Yeah, is that what yeah. it's called? Or, um, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I heard that one's actually pretty decent. Yeah. So on uh, yeah, Pond's Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Chase Pond's Facebook. Also, video clips to be put on your Instagram reels and TikTok, both on your Pond's Press. And uh, yeah, Discord, all aboard Discord. We'll probably watch a movie someday. And I think that's what will be the stream the, the film festivals when uh, Pegasus happens. And another one that I'll mention later down the line. But uh, Cody's got Film Nerd A5 and uh, the Video Store Rejects and Justin's Worth the View movies, all that. You guys mentioned you're doing something tomorrow? Yeah, we're recording our episode. We're continuing our James Cameron series and we're recording The Abyss and Justin's going to be our guest. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, finally filming Children of Night this weekend. So 
Oh, is that what you're doing tonight? Yeah. Yeah, from five to five. So I'm going to try to get as little sleep as possible before we do the abyss. But um, yeah, so finally doing that. And then also check out the Fleming Film Show where we count down our Star Wars movies, all 11 movies. His list is better than mine for all you fans out there. I know. <laughs> I'm just a movie fan, not a franchise fan. So I apologize to all you. I have to listen because it sounds like your guys' list is vastly different. Well, let's just say this is the first time we've never matched up on one. Yeah. Like we've always like linked up on at least one. We didn't this time. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Don't next time, Tito. Bye, guys. Bye. You know what I'm